Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And you're listening to The Spooky Hour. terrible. (laughs) Oh my god, we got a Danielle song this week. We did. You're welcome, everybody. Sorry for your ears. (laughs) Uh, Hi, friends. It's us. Back at it again with another banter episode. What up? (laughs) Danielle's coming right with the shade, you guys. I love it. We've had a week. It's been another one. I mean, I'm not drinking. Holly is. So you know how much of a week she's had. (laughs) I'm drinking for the second day in a row. Um, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I'm not a huge drinker. Um, Okay. When I drink, I drink huge. I just don't drink often. Yeah. Um, Two days in a row. So that's how my week has been going. (laughs) I feel bad because like every week I feel like I get progressively shittier and shittier news to bring everyone. And I'm just a downer. But... (laughs) genuinely happening to me you guys her life's just a downward spiral and then yeah. her english is also terrible now because oh my um, gosh yeah so my my mom i mentioned last week uh fell down the stairs and broke both feet um she we were told she wasn't going to come home this week and then last minute they were like she can come home tomorrow and we're like oh my god we have nothing planned um so yeah my mom's home she's in pretty rough shape it's a lot of fucking work getting her around the house right now i'm exhausted i'm Especially since they have like, they have 70 million <laughs> stairs. So it's not like oh, she she's on the main floor. Far. We put a bed down there and everything. She's not going up those stairs. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, so my poor mom, she's on bed rest for 12 weeks. She's feeling pretty bummed. And I found this Facebook group called like Facebook Ninja or some shit like that. And you like put in um, your sad tale like, hey, I'm so and so. I'm feeling shitty. I like cookies and popsicles and this is my address. Um, don't go find this group and find my address, please. <laughs> but yeah, so I put in for my mom because I feel really shitty for her. And um, someone brought off, brought off, dropped off this lovely gift basket full of shit and the alcohol I'm currently drinking. And I made a post on Facebook and I was like, uh, look at this awesome thing. Uh, and my friend Lauren dropped it off and she's eight months pregnant with her third boy. So I made a reference to her baby bump. I forget the exact wording, but I was like, it's hard to hide when you're when you have a big ass baby bump or something like that i shit you not i think i ended up with like 10 messages by the end of the night oh my god you're pregnant i mean um, danielle included which like you'd think i'd tell her that (laughs) that was my next i was like one you're pregnant too why the hell did you not tell me asshole yeah no um i would be at her house crying immediately if i found that out um but yeah, her fucking Danielle's real estate agent messaged me being like, oh my God, is it a boy or a girl? What color blanket should I knit? And I was like, oh, don't knit me a blanket. Oh my God. So I had to like put a public post on Facebook being like, you guys, I am not pregnant. My friend Lauren is pregnant. It's fine. I'm drinking this alcohol that she just gave me. Like, so yeah, um, all of Facebook now thinks I'm quarantine pregnant. I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, so that's it. Um, just having a rough week. So it's I, I did a little positive post today. Today is currently Friday, and it's so nice reading everyone else's good weeks because I'm not having one. <laughs> so. Yeah, no. Thanks again, guys, for being the best little spookies out there. You guys are awesome and so sweet. You all are so, so sweet. sweet. So sweet. Um, but yeah, that's about it. That's the only news for this week, really. You I don't have anything. Any. No, I mean, um, <laughs> it was the long weekend last weekend, and fireworks were going off from mm. like friday night till tuesday at three o'clock in the morning and now my dog won't go outside because she's too scared so i hate fireworks yeah she's miserable the poor thing she's having a really rough time i love sweet kylo i hope she feels better soon yeah the vet put her on anti-anxiety meds and uh she peed herself today because she couldn't get up so it was great 
she was just so tired she wouldn't get up yeah she was out cold in her crate and she just peed she was like fuck it i'm just gonna pee right here so yeah we've both had a a little bit of a tough week in our own way so thanks for sticking with us and being so positive with us it means a lot yeah i'm sappy (laughs) it's it's the wine she's drinking are you drinking wine what are you drinking no it's vodka it's gonna be real bad tonight (laughs) Ooh, fancy all right let's get into this shit yeah let's get into some murder um, okay, so I'm starting. We're getting uh, crimey, I guess. It's not really a murder murder episode this week. I Actually, no one dies in this episode. Wait, what? You're throwing yeah. us for another loop. No one's dead. Mm, that's um, a good thing, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just some assholes, that's all. <laughs> so uh, last week I spoke a little bit about uh, like wrongful convictions and forced confessions and overall terrible police work. Uh, so this week I wanted to expand on that a little bit and talk about probably one of the most prolific cases of wrongful, wrongful conviction, uh, the Central Park Five. Are you familiar with them? I know of it, like I've heard of it, but I don't mm-hmm. know any detail into it. All right, well, we're going to get into it. (laughs) Uh, They're also known as the Central Park jogger case because the victim was jogging in the park. But these men specifically are referred to as the Central Park Five. Um, There's five of them. (laughs) Real creative. Yeah, I know. Some of you may recognize this case uh, because it was featured in a Netflix series called, quote, why did I put that in quotes? When They See Us. Um, (laughs) I did start watching it, but honestly, it was it was kind of hard to watch, like the uh, like the police scenes and stuff. So I still haven't finished it. Um, the actors are great in it. Like I was, I cried more than once. Um, anyways, so the case begins in 1989. Uh, there was a group of around 30 teenagers hanging out in Central Park, which is located in New York. Unless, in case you are unaware of that, it's a lot um, of teenagers in one spot. Yeah, well. We're getting there. Um, they were kind of being dicks in general. Um, they were harassing people in the park. Uh, they allegedly beat up a couple homeless people. Just general tomfoolery in the park. Um, while this is bad, they weren't necessarily doing anything dangerous, I want to say. Um, they Besides were just kind of beating up people. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> they were just kind of being like asshole kids. Yeah. Um, that same night, a 28-year-old white woman, and I mentioned her race for a reason, uh, her name was Trisha Melly. She was out for a jog in Central Park. She has no memory of what happened that night, but she was found beaten and raped uh, and was in a coma for 12 days, suffering a cracked skull among several other injuries. The case became a media sensation, and because uh, her name was like withheld at this time, she was dubbed the Central Park jogger. Uh, they didn't want to identify her because it was such a brutal crime, I'm sure. She was... Um, not embarrassed maybe embarrassed is the word but like that's not something you want all over the media right yeah um so again uh i guess we little trigger warning for this episode there's mentions of sexual assault um central park five were kevin richardson who was 14 raymond santana also 14 antron mccray who was 15 yusuf salam who was 15 and 16 year old Corey wise uh cory wise actually had a different name i forgot to include it in this because i'm terrible but uh he changed his name and i actually think it's quite interesting um I, i'm trying to be very sensitive with this but his name was correa or something like that okay. and it looked like Corey, and it almost looks as though um his case affected him to almost quote whiten his name up a little bit okay uh, so as i go through the case you'll kind of see why i think that um because he didn't change it much he just made it sort of how do I say this? Like, you know, they when they say you read a resume and they see a name and they won't hire them based on that name? Yeah. yeah. It was almost like that. So then he changed it to be more, quote, acceptable. 
Okay. Again, I'm trying to be really sensitive. I don't yeah. think he should have changed his name or any of that. Um, but yeah, so... You're just uh, telling the story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were allegedly part of this group that was causing the ruckus earlier in the night. Um, and Richardson and Santana were the first to be taken in by police uh, on reports of this intimidating behavior and general fuckery. It's <laughs> the best way to describe it. <laughs> Yeah. McCray, Salam, and Wise were taken the following day. Uh, Corey Wise, who's the man I, or the boy I spoke about earlier, he actually wasn't a suspect and he was never called into the station. He just went to be a support for his friend. Okay. Uh, he was just being a good pal. And this is really, really messed up when you see how this progresses. Oh, God. <laughs> Originally, the boys were taken in, uh, like I said, in regards to their, their tomfoolery. I can't, like, what's a good word for that? Tom, I'm just going to keep saying tomfoolery. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, bef- but focus soon shifted to the jogger, Trisha Melly. Uh, they were interrogated for at least seven hours without their parents, which I'm fairly certain is illegal if you're yeah, under like, age. They're like 16, 15, 14. That's way yep. too young. Way yep. too young. Um, and they ended up making videotaped confessions to the detectives. Uh, all of the boys admitted to either touching or restraining the victim while one or more of the boys assaulted her. However, uh, not too long after giving these statements, the boys took them back, or they at least tried to. Um, In a 2016 op-ed published by the Washington Post, Salam claimed the interrogators deprived him and the other teams of food, drink, and sleep for over 24 hours. In a 2016 interview with The Guardian, he's quoted as saying, quote, I would hear them beating up Corey Wise in the next room. They would come and look at me and say, you realize you're next. The fear made me feel like I was really not going to be able to make it out. So to summarize, the police interviewed these underage boys without parents or counsel present. Uh, they beat these children and they essentially tortured them into confessing. That's Five super children. fucking uh, legal. Good job, guys. Yep. Good job, New York police. <laughs> so while all of this was going on, uh, everyone's favorite moral compass and role model, Donald Trump, became very interested in the case. Uh, That's typical- with heavy sarcasm. Let me <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If you can't catch that. Ooh. Um <laughs> In typical Trump fashion, he barged in like the Kool-Aid man, screaming nonsense, trying to make uh, himself sound more intelligent than he is. Uh, He spent a reported $85,000 on four full-page ads in New York newspapers, newspapers, plural, multiple newspapers, uh, and the ads were titled, quote, bring back the death death penalty, bring back our police. Uh, Trump has wrote, quote, I want to hate these murderers and I always will. I'm not looking to psychoanalyze or understand them. I am looking to punish them. In an interview with CNN at the time, he said, quote, maybe hate is what we need if we're going to get something done. So basically, he put ads in the newspaper calling for the murder of these innocent children. Innocent children who happen to be people of color. Yeah. Very on brand for Mr. Trump. I'm just adding to my list on why I don't like him. So uh, thanks, Holly. You're welcome. Yeah, I I actually... um, I knew about this case prior and I didn't know that he was this involved in it. Like he played a big role in how these boys were perceived in the media. Um, so he, and that's your president. And that's your president. Sorry guys. Um, remember to vote. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Salam has said in another interview, quote, I look at Donald Trump and I understand him as a representation of a symptom of America. We were convicted because of the color of our skin. People thought the worst of us. And this is all because of prominent New Yorkers, especially Donald Trump. So obviously the media sort of, you know, gave them the, the, the stereotypical young black thugs and, you know, Donald Trump fueling the fire, all these other rich New Yorkers fueling the fire you know what else are people going to believe people are sheep to tell you the truth um and unfortunately it's a stereotype that's been around for as long as i can remember you know young black boys are thugs and criminals 
quote stereotype i'm not saying that yeah, um, no. so he just sort of fed into this and it just skyrocketed it was not great um it basically got into the media and it just like it just spiraled it's sort of yeah. the um the perfect case for the media because like i said there's that stereotype and the media loves to feed that stereotype yep and yeah, it's just, unfortunately for these boys, they were the perfect target for the media in this case. So um, and at the time, uh, in the, the late 80s and early 90s, there was a lot of, uh, uh, like, uh, racial turmoil in New York, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's just shitty time all around. Not great. Um, so Trump has never apologized to these men, nor has he retracted his calls for their death. He's told the press he still believes these men are guilty as early as uh, 2018. Not surprised. <laughs> Not surprised. Um, so while Trump was definitely the loudest racist, racist bigot, he wasn't the only one. Uh, it seems that all of New York wanted these boys to rot in jail because they fit this stereotype we talked about. Um, after two trials, the five teenagers were found guilty of offenses, including attempted murder, rape, assault, and robbery. Uh, McCray, Salam, and Satana were sentenced to five to ten years in an upstate juvenile detention facility. Uh, Richards was sentenced to five to ten years in a juvenile facility. And Corey Wise, the only teen tried as an adult, was sentenced to five to fifteen years in prison. He is this boy who merely tagged along to be a support to his friends. He was never a suspect. He was never never called in he was just there to be like hey yeah and he ended friends. up being tried as an adult they're just like oh you're friends with them okay well now it's your fault yeah. too okay. so they for some reason threw the book at him the hardest i don't know maybe maybe he was the most uh resilient during his torture maybe he was the most talky backy one um and but the only yeah. thing they have on them is their confession that which they all retracted will try that they were forced and beaten into Mm -hmm. um and these are children like i know they're teenagers but their minds are still not fully developed you can manipulate them you can you know they've been starved they've been beaten they're probably saying you know if you just confess we'll let you go you just confess and we'll fix this whole thing you know what i mean like it's it's a fight or flight mode so exactly and you're gonna want to protect yourself and you think this is the best way to do it yeah and again they're children you can't knock him for not being the smartest in this situation uh the dna evidence in semen found at the scene did not match any of these boys so the the prosecutors relied solely on the in- initial interrogations of the taped confessions mm-hmm. that were falsified so straight up no dna matched and they were like no they still did it for sure definitely there's no legit evidence that's ridiculous no legit evidence except this forced confession 12 years later, in comes Matthias Reyes. He's been convicted of a string of rapes and murders and was in prison for those crimes at the time. Uh, He actually had come across one of the Central Park Five, our good friend Corey Wise. Uh, They ran into each other twice during imprisonment. Um, I guess you move around the the prison system quite a bit uh, and you get to know people. Okay. Um, So in 2002, a year after his second meeting with Corey Wise, Reyes told the police that he was the one who attacked and sexually assaulted Trisha Melly when he was 17 years old, and he said that he had acted alone. During the interview, Reyes tells a senior investigator with the Department of Corrections that he changed his life uh, while serving prison time. He found Jesus, and he just felt so guilty that he had to confess, which, if that's true, amazing. Good for him. This is what prison is for. Yeah. Um... I mean, not amazing that he committed these crimes, but amazing that he's, you know, learning, I guess. I don't know. Um, He was able to tell police details about the attack that were not public knowledge. And, shocker, his DNA matched that found at the scene. Uh, 
Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> uh, one of the crimes he'd been found guilty of, uh, so what he was serving his sentence for, was a rape that had taken place two days before this Central Park incident. But for some reason, he was never considered a, a suspect in this case. So two days before, he assaulted a woman in the same area, and no one thought it was suspicious. Hmm. <laughs> no, definitely couldn't have been him. Even those DNA I- matches, it's not him. An excellent police work once again. I just can't. Um, So Reyes later said, uh, quote, I know it's hard for people to understand after 12 years why a person would actually come forward to take responsibility for a crime. At first I was afraid, but at the end of the day, I felt like it was definitely the right thing to do. Uh, Reyes was never persecuted for the crimes because uh, the statute of limitations had run out by the time he had confessed, but he does remain in prison to this day. He's serving a life sentence. He is up for parole in 2022, though. Very close. On the flip side, uh, police and prosecutors in the case believe that Reyes made the confession after Wise approached him and told him to take responsibility for the attack. Uh, The Daily News was sort of the first to sort of bring this theory up to light. Um, One cop involved in the case told the newspaper that he and other detectives believe Wise and the rest of the Central Park Five attacked Melly and that Reyes had later came and sexually assaulted her. So the theory is that the boys were still involved, but Reyes was just the one to do the actual sexual assault. That's why his DNA was found. Kind of like he was Um, stumbled upon her and just found her. Yeah. Or like uh, if this theory were to be true, my thought would be that maybe he was part of the group and then he just took it to a place that they didn't want to take it to kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the case, but I was saying, you know, if devil's advocate or whatever the hell. Yeah, no, (laughs) sure. Um, so Linda Farstein or Fairstein, pardon me, is the prosecutor who led the district attorney's sex crimes office during this case. Um, she suggested a similar theory in 2002, insisting that Reyes's DNA evidence, quote, does not exonerate the other five who, by their admissions, participated in her attack by holding her down and striking her to the ground. Uh, she was quoted as saying this in Time magazine. So, again, very intense media coverage these are big publications that uh these people are basically just saying they still did it i will say that as the cops what's that so these media stations are almost as good as the cops the media is so much worse they're such like leeches when it comes to stuff like this so i will say that this is sort of a fair theory uh i'm a libra (laughs) oh my god i pulled a libra what was it today yeah i pulled a libra moment today and holly oh yeah I came off, um, I don't want to say too much, but there was a situation and I came off very aggressive and Danielle was like, well, what if it's this and it's not actually that bad? And I'm like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh my God, you're turning me into a Libra. (laughs) So yeah, anyways, um, so it's it's sort of a fair theory and here's my thoughts on it. Uh, Reyes was facing life in jail regardless. If he confessed to like the Central Park Five crimes, it's it's not going to change his life it's going to change theirs immensely but it's not going to really impact his he's still in jail he's still serving life it's not going to do much to him so it's yeah uh, i still think that they were grasping at straws with these accusations i don't think they're quite correct but i'm just saying it's a fair theory to come across yeah Uh, Finally, after 12 plus years of wasting away in prison, the boys, who were now men, were released. Richardson, McRae, Salam, and Santana and uh, our good friend Corey Wise had completed their full sentences before their convictions were dropped. So they served their full full sentence. On the release, they- Can they sue? Sorry? Can they sue? Literally my next sentence. (laughs) I did it again. (laughs) You just just know me so well. I feel like I could just like- 
say my first line if, of my my little thing and you could just do the rest for me i could probably <laughs> i'm really good at reading minds no i'm totally, i'm edward cullen <laughs> oh my god another I- twilight joke we love <laughs> So yeah, um, upon the release, the five filed a civil suit against New York City and received $41 million in the settlement. This warmed my heart. Corey Wise got the biggest share of it. He got $12 million because he was the only one who was tried as an adult. And uh, he spent the longest time in prison. And he also just went to the police station to be a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> he did nothing wrong. <laughs> and the worst part about that is like... You can get that twelve million, but you don't get your life like that. Those years back in prison. Would you stop that? Literally, my next quote. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, in 2012, uh, he was featured in a documentary and he said, quote, you can forgive, but you won't forget. You won't forget what you lost. No money can bring that time back. No money can bring the life that was missing or the time that was taken away. Um, so exactly what Tunil said. Yeah. I love that. We're literally <laughs> just like the same brain. We really um, so are. The five are now in their 40s. Uh, most of them have moved away from New York and I can't say I blame them for doing that. Um and they were involved in the documentary. I believe they were on the red carpet. They're getting their names out. I'm loving it. They're getting their vindication. But yeah, unfortunately, this is just one of uh, many cases of false convictions. It happens way more often than we'd like to believe as a society. You yep. want to think the police are doing their due diligence and their, you know, absolute best work. But sometimes it's just not the case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did not find out what happened to the police officers. I hope that they were heavily punished. Um, I wanted to focus on the boys because I like that they got, you know, at least somewhat of a happy ending. And I don't care what happened to the police. I just hope they got what they deserved. I hope they aren't police officers. That's for sure. I hope they're not police officers anymore either. So, yeah, I I still firmly stand by I don't think these boys did it. Um, I think it was awful what happened to them. But, yeah, everything I say to be devil's advocate is simply just to be devil's advocate. Yeah, that's it. Just here to tell a story yeah that's messed up but that's just the, that's the system like there's that so is. many wrongly convicted that's people just, bonkers that's just one of the big ones that made it to the media you know what i yeah. mean there's probably so freaking many out there that we don't even know about um and then there's other stories of like um i was gonna uh do Sintonia brown okay. i don't know if you've heard of her um she was forced into the sex trade as a child mm-hmm. i think she was like 13 and um she was being assaulted by a john um a child prostitute was being assaulted by a grown man and i don't know if she shot or stabbed him or what but she killed him yeah and yeah. they threw her in jail yeah so they didn't believe a self-defense they didn't you know think of the the psychological background of her being forced into the sex trade and the abuse that comes with that um and i believe these are this is one of the cases that kim kardashian helped get out of jail yeah i think it um, was we we don't love kim kardashian um but i will commend her for publicizing cases like that oh for sure for sure yeah i agree using her uh celebrity status for good yeah I was going to say, that story was nuts. Absolutely fucking bonkers, man. It bothered me. It I want to try to rewatch the documentary because I want to learn a little bit more. But it's, it's it, yeah, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I got to the crying part and I couldn't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> okay, let's get into some spookies because we're going to talk about this fancy lady that I found. This fancy uh, lady? Fancy lady. Is it me? Yes. Your name is now Hannah Hovey. Oh, definitely. <laughs> or better known as Hannah Crana. I don't... Oh, I don't know this one. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's a small story. It's nothing big. Um, but she is known as the Wicked Witch of Monroe. 
Okay. Um, so Hannah was born in 1783, and there isn't much known about her early life. So just keep in mind that she was born almost like a century after the Salem witch trials. So okay. the rumors of witches still being a thing were still a thing. It's just that they weren't really burned at the stake anymore. That sort of thing. Okay. Um, so she married Captain Joseph Hovey. They had no kids, uh, and they lived on Craigley Hill in Monroe Village in Connecticut. So Hannah lived a pretty normal life up until her husband mysteriously died. So he had been out for a walk and somehow fell off a cliff and died just randomly. Yeah. (laughs) So now Hannah didn't get um, a reputation of being a witch until his death. Um, So it was rumored that she had a hand in his death, that she had like placed some like spell on him to become like dazed and confused and fall off a cliff. Not like he might have tripped over his own damn feet or like. Yeah. I don't know. Like a stick or something in the middle of the walkway or like. You know, maybe he was drunk. Like, it's definitely the woman. Yeah, definitely. He died off a cliff. Oh, it's definitely her. So now she's a witch because of Obviously. that. Obviously. Yeah. So after his death, Hannah never remarried and lived alone with her chickens. Literal life goals. <laughs> <laughs> I want a chicken coop so bad. <laughs> she's been pinning chicken coops for like the past oh, like, three months. Oh my god. Great. This is amazing. And then uh, one day, Danielle's uh said something about like she wanted to put a chicken coop in her backyard and i was like shut the fuck up i want a chicken coop so bad this story just got so much better let's go (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna love her she's honestly the best i already do um so the town treated her pretty poorly after her husband's death thinking that she was a witch and had a hand in his death and it also left her really poor because he was like it's like 1800s he was the breadwinner right yeah for sure um but hannah the smart lady that she was used it to her advantage um she started to um insist to her neighbors that they should be giving her free food and firewood and if they said no she would use her reputation to threaten them (gasps) i love this yeah so she'd be like if you don't give me this i'm gonna curse you um it was said her house was guarded by snakes and birds on her property couldn't be killed I love this already. This yeah. is so much fun. <laughs> she, she's like taken that whole reputation and run with she, it. I love it. She's what I strive to be. Right? Um, so apparently Hannah had asked um, this lady uh, for one of her pies. So this girl was known for like her good pies, I guess. And at first she denied Hannah was like, no, you can't just have one. Um, go bake your own damn pie, you lazy butt. Um, <laughs> so Hannah naturally threatened to curse her. Um, so the lady gave her a pie, but like the smallest one she had. And when Hannah like protested for like a larger one, she's like, bitch, I'm hungry. I want more. Um, the lady like stood her ground and was like, no, I'm not giving you a free pie. Um, so apparently had Hannah had like put a spell or curse on this lady because after this interaction, um, this lady's pies never turned out and like tasted gross and people stopped buying them. No way. Yeah. Yep. Um, so there is another story of her cursing somebody. Um, so someone like a man had trespassed onto her property to fish in like the ravine or like the brook behind her house for Mm -hmm. trout. Um, Hannah had caught him and placed a curse on him and he was never to catch another fish in his life. And he didn't, he wasn't able to. Wow. Yeah. So So maybe she was a witch. (laughs) Side note. Um, I've seen, uh, like stories like this and there are cases where like, you start to like think so like if someone says i'm cursing you you're like oh my god i'm cursed oh my god i'm cursed oh my and you sort of start to like do these things to yourself it's like a mental game yeah Mm -hmm. so like you know maybe his his fishing game got fucked up because he was so nervous about this curse and he was just like you know i don't know his rod was shaky or something and then the fish didn't want it you know what i mean like there's yeah 
two sides just just being a libra yeah i was gonna say okay libra calm down (laughs) (laughs) um and then there is another tale so two men had been driving an ox cart full of hay and they had stopped in front of her house and in front of hannah's house to like mock her and like make fun of her like i guess this is like cat calling in the 1800s i really don't know (laughs) um so pull up in my ox cart. what is it an ox cart yeah so it's a cart. Hey, pretty lady yeah. <laughs> you looking fine today <laughs> so cat calling started in the 1800s just so everybody knows amazing uh so hannah had put a curse on them as well so he put she put a curse on the cart and the ox so the ox apparently just stopped moving like the oxen was just like nah i'm not moving anywhere and apparently the wheels just fell off the cart oh fuck eh yeah so they couldn't go anywhere so they're just like stuck there um but like you can't call you get what you deserve so too bad this is a lesson men right women Um, don't like that (laughs) no not at all not one bit um so you'll like you'll like this next part so hannah was again with her chickens but she did have a pet (laughs) rooster um his name was cock yeah (laughs) holly's canceled i gotta go yeah (laughs) i'm out of here goodbye um so she did have a pet rooster his name was boreas it's rumored that this rooster was hannah's familiar so a fami- okay a familiar is said to be an animal that helped witches with like their magic yeah um so this rooster apparently only crowed between midnight and 3 a.m hence why it's a familiar right <laughs> <laughs> like this bitch um so in 1859 the rooster had ended up dying and it was like a really cold and harsh winter and a neighbor had passed by and saw like passed by hannah's house and saw that hannah had like she was like in a really bad state and she's obviously very much older at this point yeah um and hannah told this neighbor that she would also die very soon she said her rooster died and now she's gonna die very soon and then she casually was just like she wanted her coffin carried to her grave not like pulled by a wagon or anything so she wanted her coffin carried and that she had to be buried after sundown okay (laughs) yeah she's just keeping that witchy vibe alive yeah right until her death even if she's faking it she's really good at it right (laughs) right um so this is kind of where hannah's story of being a witch like really solidified um so what i'm about to tell you next so she died the next day after telling her neighbor that she was 77 years old so this neighbor had told the town hannah's wishes and the town was just like this girl's dead who gives a shit um we aren't carrying her damn casket all the way across town <laughs> like it's not happening <laughs> so they ignored her obviously um so they had carried her casket by sled over the snow slip like the snowy slippery ground so remember oh my god it was in the winter. winter you're right and she wanted it carried yeah <laughs> I just i'm just clicking sorry <laughs> so they put wow yeah they put her on a sled and was like just pull her it's fine um so they figured it'd be fine i mean it it work better carrying like pulling her on a sled over snow yeah. than carrying her um but then her casket kept sliding off so they put the casket like back on the sled and tried again and it slid off so kept doing it so they just gave up and were like fuck it um so they ended up carrying her casket by hand across town Amazing. to where she was being buried and by the time she got they got there it was after sunset so she got buried after sunset. she's a petty queen right i love her <laughs> yep and so after that the town went whoever was involved in her funeral making went back to her house after the burial and found her home engulfed in flames oh so that's where hannah's story just completely stops so they have no evidence that she could have been a witch you never know but her house was up in flames it sounds pretty witchy to me i'm yeah. leaning towards witchy yeah right she's kind of cool like i want I that i like vibe. her she's like uh she likes animals 
She's fucking petty. She likes pie. She sounds like someone we'd be friends with. Yeah, definitely. She likes pie. (laughs) (laughs) I love a good pumpkin pie. (laughs) So Hannah is buried in Gregory's Four Corners Burial Ground on Spring Hill Road in Trumbull? Trumbull? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. It's probably wrong, so... Um, but it's in Connecticut, which is right next to the town of Monroe. So literally they had to carry her over across town, across yeah. freaking town <laughs> on her gravestone. It shows her name as Hannah Crana and not Hannah Hovey, which is interesting. Um, is that her maiden name? Did we? Though people apparently nicknamed her Hannah Crana after they found out she was a witch. And I looked up the meaning of Crana and it's like Scottish. It means rocky and lofty place. So I don't know why they nicknamed her and which is what what is really weird is she is buried with that name and not her husband's last name. That almost sounds like the town folks were just trying to like be a dick for her like ridiculous funeral request. Probably. And they were just like making fun of her. But um, my thought is maybe uh, with Crana, they're referring to the cliff that her husband died on. Oh, yeah, probably. That's rocky, right? Yeah. So maybe they're they're sort of calling her like the, the... you know cliff witch for lack of a better term the rocky witch (laughs) rocky witch that's my goal is i want to be a rocky witch i'm into this (laughs) um so apparently she's still seen today uh apparently on misty nights um people have spotted her like in the middle of the road close to the graveyard um or like within the graveyard just like roaming around um apparently she's tried to cause car accidents (laughs) yeah she stands in the middle of the road hoping someone will try to run her over um and it usually ends up like causing a car accident there has been just people want to swerve they don't want to hit someone yeah and especially when you're driving like if it's all misty and stuff and you see something yeah. like holy shit i'm just gonna crash yeah. into this bank instead i love that though like they tell you to just hit it in your lessons like a- animals and stuff like they say don't try to swerve they're just like hit it i'm like what if it's a fucking moose like yeah. or or then i die Prana. like <laughs> I'm going to start a driving school and use this as a, as a thing. Be like, if what if Hannah Crana... If you see a creepy witch girl, just yeah. keep going. I would on- honestly, uh, if it was an animal, I'd swerve. If it was a ghost figure, I'd probably run it over. I feel like you could tell. I feel like it'd be like uh, like glowy or like somewhat see-through or something. And they're uh, always worst case, wearing... it's just an actual person. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, And they're always, always, always wearing, if it's a lady, like a white creepy ass dress. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So... That is the crazy little story of I liked that one. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I like her. She's a feisty bitch. Right? <laughs> Immediately when I started reading it, I was like, oh, I love her already. I'm talking about her. I do also love the witchy vibes, too. We, we like witchy vibes here. Yeah. We like cursing people, too. I've never cursed okay. anybody in my life, but it's cool. I wanted to do a voodoo doll once, but, like, I didn't look into it. I had, um, I had a voodoo doll, but it was, like, a... It was weird. It's probably not... Well, I don't want to say legit because voodoo dolls, it's all relative anyways, but um, mm-hmm. it was like a positivity voodoo doll. So the idea was like you carry it and it is that thing. Yeah. Um, nothing positive has happened ever. So <laughs> obviously <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> You're like 2020 is proof of that. It doesn't yeah. work. Christ, you guys. <laughs> it's like that's more of like a like a security blanket. Like that back to that mental yeah. thing. You start thinking. That, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to be positive. The human brain is so freaking fascinating for stuff like that. You can literally like speak stuff into existence. Yeah. And, you know, that I've I started reading about like manifesting your goals and all that stuff and like you do kind of believe it 
to an extent. Like, I don't think I'm, you know, immediately going to become a millionaire because I think to myself, I'm a millionaire. But, you know, certain things, I've like lifestyle changes and stuff like that, I feel better about because I've made myself think better. Yeah. Yeah. But then also at the same time, um, my goal for 2020 was to, like, start a positivity journal. And you said that last time, too. <sighs> yeah. It clearly has not gone very well <laughs> yeah. from last episode as well. <laughs> There's no positivity so, journal take that as you will uh if you if you like your mantras and all that by all means but i'm starting to lose faith <laughs> yeah. i um Stuart's mom so my mother-in-law she got me um a really awesome like diffuser and gave me some like peppermint because i told her that i'm lazy as fuck now so she's like get your ass moving uh, <laughs> but uh i had it like going off in the basement and then kylo came down and was like chasing the like smoke fumes or whatever so comes cute. out of it around the room and like getting really mad that she couldn't get any of it and i'm like this is either gonna like really affect my dog or it's just really funny i let her do it for a bit because it was funny <laughs> i love though that like she got it to like relax you and it was supposed to be de-stress and the dog's just like toy <laughs> <laughs> no longer de-stressed yeah <laughs> fuck god 2020 is a joke this is why we have wine and yeah. this is why we have the podcast yeah i was not gonna drink tonight because i'm supposed to get up tomorrow morning because kylo's now scared to go on walks so i'm gonna take her hiking to her favorite spot tomorrow morning but i wanted to go early so there's no one outside nice and quiet yeah but, but and it's freaking hot out it is it is Ugh, like 25 degrees it. today i hate it everyone's like yay warm weather and i'm like <laughs> it was snowing last week and now it's 25 degrees in case you want to know what climate change is yeah oh, we've never i don't remember the last time we had snow this late yeah i don't in ontario ontario is um fairly warm in comparison to some of the other provinces i guess yeah uh, bc is the nicest one bc like gets like zero snow i wish um but like the the east coast gets hammered hard uh the prairies get hammered just because they're so flat yeah. and then we're usually pretty moderate so when it snowed on may 9th i was like are you fucking kidding me and it was like a good chunk too it, it was good like there was snow on the ground luckily it got warm enough that it was there for maybe only like a day yeah some of northern ontario got hit a little bit harder like uh, i think it was your nan yeah. posted they had like actual snow on like not a dusting like actual snow like you could measure it canada that's we cut down our banter you're welcome no we didn't we did this is a short one you made us insecure no i'm <laughs> Just honestly kidding. it's just been a week uh we're, we're not too far from our regular time though we're doing okay yeah not too bad that's good but yeah thanks for sticking with us and dealing with us whining all the time uh you guys are so freaking nice about it every time i say anything i get at least two messages being like it'll be okay yeah <laughs> so you guys are not only our listeners you're also our therapists <laughs> you really are and that, that one the one girl Aaliyah. Aaliyah, pardon us for saying your name wrong you are an angel you really um, are you literally make my day you're the you nicest are so human. sweet um so shout out to you for that you like comment on everything you always have something nice to say you are so positive so thank you yeah send me your positivity girl because you're amazing we need for it. it and i don't have it <laughs> if you want to be like Aaliyah and come talk to us or if you just want to come wine like Danielle, you can come. You hang can do out that too, by all means. Yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram, which is our hotspot right now. Um, yeah. It's a spooky hour podcast. You can find us on Twitter at spooky hour. And if you have any crazy 
stories you would like to share, personal stories, we are making an episode, and we're going to share your awesome personal creepy ass stories. Yay. And you can email those to the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com. It is literally 666, like the numbers, not don't spell it out. That's not. Someone asked me that, and I was like, no. <laughs> it, we also have a button now. So if you don't want to write that all out, head to our Instagram, and there's like a little email button. Uh, we just want to keep reminding you because it is newish still um but yeah we love hearing from you guys you've got i think maybe an episode's worth of stories already i think we're almost ready and we're just gonna not tell you when it's coming out because it's gonna be a little surprise you're welcome if you're a real spooky then uh you'll see it (laughs) yeah so uh we uh see you next week well we won't see you we'll talk to you next week though (laughs) i'm i'm getting a drink and danielle's walking no what are you doing when you going to bed i'm probably gonna have a nap yeah, it's I love this. I deserve a nap. <laughs> Happy quarantine, you guys. Yeah. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.